HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes.
We're just going to let this let this fade on out. There it is. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. I'm one half your host, Darren Bresnitz, staring at a very lobster red Greg Bresnitz. Sunscreen, my man. I put sunscreen on. I just, uh, it was a spray kind, and I, I think I sprayed it, like, while the wind was going, so oh. uh, that's why it's like, I have a streaky uh, burn. But I'm uh, just popping. So actually, someone gave me uh, a homeopathic remedy, two ways, one of which you want to do it. One is um, yogurt. Cover yourself in yogurt. I yeah. Think we do, do you, you, we have a bathtub. Um, or the other one is um, if you like do um, Earl Grey tea, like you make Earl Grey tea bags, you heat it up and you let them cool down. Apparently, like whatever is an Earl Grey tea, um, like immediately cancels out the burning. So, you know, hot. little yeah. homeopathy. Yeah, hot. yeah. Have you, have you done either of those? Um, I did uh, Earl Grey tea bags dipped in yogurt. Um, <laughs> uh, shout out to Lafooding, another amazing year at yeah. the Rockaways. How are the chili quiles this morning? They were so good. It was chilaquiles with burrata and like uh, heirloom tomatoes. I'm so it was, but we also went to Rockaway Tacos. I had the chilaquiles there, and we had the fish tacos, and they were. I awesome. heard you saw James Franco and Lana Del Rey. Uh, Klaus from PS One, James Franco and Lana Del Rey were like in front of us in line, uh, looking sleep, looking very sleep no more. Unkempt. It was it was kind of weird, but hey. Hey, what you gonna do? It's the summertime. It's summer, summertime. S- summertime sadness. Did you have a little of that? No, because they were celebrating the PS One openings. Uh, well, welcome to Snacky Tunes. Super excited. Greg and I are back from uh, our trips to Berlin and London, and Greg was in Croatia. Shout out to Modular for our festival. It looked amazing. amazing. And um, well, the opening track was from a band called Mahogany. Who welcome to the show? Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you really got that. You took that directional. Instruction right on and got your mouth right on that microphone. Oh, I have one of these. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. oh so you know. Oh, not your first time. Um, They're going to be playing live later in the show, but first up, we have I think this is maybe the fifth time we've tried to do this show, and the promise was that if we do the show, we had to be streaming the live cup, the World Cup live. So here we are. Oh, yeah, that's what I always wanted. Yeah. Chris Schoenberg. He definitely sent me a very nervous email on Tuesday being like, oh, hey, man, I didn't realize. I was like, we have the internet. We'll make it work. So uh, right Listen, now it's zero, zero, zero. Like uh, there's only three people I would do an interview during the World Cup with: you, Oprah, <laughs> Funkmaster Flex. Awesome. In that order, I guarantee you, <laughs> Oprah and Funkmaster Flex would not stream. They would not. They would not be. They streaming. would not. Oprah would be like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> um, welcome to the show. First off, gotta say, congratulations, James Beard Award, unbelievable. Thank you. Uh, I, I think... Is this the first of many? First of feast? I, no, I, <laughs> no. We got yeah, it. We're yeah. about to feast on James Beard Awards yeah. for years. Um, except the movie Chicago. Would you, if you got nominated, would you go out next year to Chicago? I would definitely go because I love Chicago. Yeah. You know, it's... You know, is it... Would I go just for the James Beard Awards? Obviously, it makes it more of an effort. But I think if you're nominated, it's a great reason to go out. Are you out kidding? The, the fun uh, of the scene yeah. here, like the parties people throw it all. You guys know. Do you yeah. think Chicago like, imagine that in Chicago? Can be able to, to match yeah. the revelry. Chicago will step it up. I think they know what to expect because all of those people have been out to New York. So the excitement yeah. to kind of like I think th- yeah. I think prove they're that they sh- they're ready. Yeah. They're going to throw down probably extra hard. Probably. Just because they know that they have to, like, if they go, like, yeah, the parties weren't that good. I don't know. Right. They're going to throw a rave like EMP did. As long as you see Rahm Emanuel at every party, though. Yeah. yeah. For real. Do you think he'd be, be like, you will. fully dressed, but just, like, uh, the top button undone? Like, like tie a little bit loosened, but... Definitely. Like, he's, like, one step away from, like, being totally buttoned up and, like, you yeah. know, photo up. It's going to be, like, Kanye at Publican, and then oh. it's just going to be better. 
<laughs> oh, by the way, so when we were in Berlin, we went to this restaurant called Polysol, and our friend Ornella sent us a photo that two days later Pharrell was there wearing that stupid hat. Fine. Yeah. So stupid. Uh, so anyway, it's very charitable. I gotta say, <laughs> congratulations. I remember walking down the stairs to the Lucky Peach after party and seeing the award around your neck and not really putting two and two together. Like my first thought was like, oh, someone. I guess he's wearing someone's necklace. And then, <laughs> um, but before we get into winning the award, let's go back and talk about first we feast. Um, I talk about how that started and your journey to launching that website. For sure, it, it was very natural the way it started, and I think. You know, I kind of hope that that's the reason why it's resonated with some people because I was never a food writer, really. I had done mm-hmm. some travel writing um, work for Let's Go Travel Guides. I don't know if you guys have ever read those, but they're like budget student. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So that's like that has a food element, but it's like, how do I eat for five dollars in this town? Um, and then I ended up at time you don't out. Tip. You don't tip ever. You don't tip, of course. <laughs> but you're traveling in places where they don't tip. So it's OK. Yeah. Um, and then I, I ended up at time out not writing about food but met jordana rothman who's the best jr ever yeah my mentor mentor gabriella gershenson also shout out to her she was in the food section at the time and i was really into craft beer this was you know five years ago craft beer it's not like it was new but it wasn't getting a lot of mainstream coverage time out wasn't covering it that much i kept saying you know let me write about beer let me write about beer slowly got a few assignments started writing about bars and found myself in like this food world which was completely foreign to me and fell in love with all of it yeah um but there was still this part of me that kind of was like i had started writing about music and had all of these other interests and when this opportunity to launch a website out of complex which is the parent organization that Mm -hmm. owns first we feast um came about it was like can i bridge these two worlds of pop culture and food at a moment when kind of food is pop culture. People right. talk about it at their, you know, yeah. quote-unquote water coolers. I think the food is the new rock, yeah. like, motto is sort of lame, but and it is, like, what we're talking about and what we care look, about. And what those friends who, care about. who have not had a chance or are just pulling up the side now, stuff like like Instagram porn uh, or, like, celebrity on uh, celebrity endorsements that you might not find about. It's, like, very much marries those two elementaries is really... It's, it's great. I mean, it's... It, and also what I like about it is like it doesn't take it too seriously. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a, like it's a fun. You're like, oh yeah, this is like we're the, reading food. The goal always t- was, I, I called it like style section food journalism. Yeah. So yeah. it's like even in the New York Times, you see this divide. It's like the dining section is incredibly credible, takes itself very seriously, and does great work. And then you read T Magazine food coverage, and it's cool photos. It's like but a it's all poppy. about like you know this is like the coolest cafe in Berlin and it didn't feel like it had the same sort of uh, credibility behind it and I wanted to kind of marry those two things when people were were getting more into food and being more picky about what they were reading yeah um, and so you got started and it was Army of One at the beginning right? what's that? Army of One Army of One well you know we're embedded in, in Complex and it was awesome my brother was working at Complex so we one started, day we'll do I brother day one day very sad that my brother refused to come out he's a curmudgeonly fellow he, I but we'll get him World one day Cup. I promised we'd be watching the World Cup we are is, yeah is he, is he even watching it like at a bar is he just at home he's at home like folding sheets watching World Cup yeah on a t- smaller television than this laptop uh, we're, looking, we're looking at like a 13 inch screen right now don't yeah. be Radio Land don't be jealous don't be yeah. jealous if you hear us like shout 
Yeah. It's not because we're excited so, so, about so, so wait, so you started... So you, I mean, it was great, though, because you had the the support and resources of Complex. Exactly. But you could grow... But you're, like, starting this whole new it business. It was like a startup with outsized resources so we could make cool videos. We had cool art. We have a great photographer called Liz Barclay. Um, but we were very much, like eking out our own niche in the food world yeah. and, and battling on those grounds. About how long did it take for you to feel like you had found your own voice? I feel like right off the bat. I mean, I say that as a reader. Did I ask you that question? No. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I'll, I'll pass it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hype man over here. Yeah. When did you find that you found your original voice? <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I do feel like it was kind of there from the beginning and that's not to like boast Boom. that it was I didn't know it was I didn't know it would resonate but the whole site is very organic in the way that it was like what I was into what my brother was into and how I wanted to cover it um, and I just feel lucky that people were into it and cared about it so, I mean it's really fun it's one of my reads every day it's fun I can't get I mean some of the depth you know one of the restaurants that we just went to when we were in London which was Story and the reason why I was able to find it is because you did a whole piece on hidden restaurants, and it's oh, one yeah. of the restaurants. And when I came across it, it's like it's like hidden in this building, but it's out in the open. And I was like, "Oh, that's I recognize the oh, that's awesome. the exterior." Was it good? Yeah, they did this. Don't don't. I'll tell you off. I'll tell yeah. you off, Mike. But essentially, they did this bread and beef dripping dish that blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, one thing before we go to the break that we talk about is food allergies. Yes. And. Um, for a long, for a, for, for a long time, Get we were both allergic tested. to shrimp, crab, and lobster. Darren is now no longer, no longer allergic. The seas are now one percent. How are you no full. longer allergic? You just grew out of it. I guess so. But I'm. But I, what, what is it like? Shrimp Shiner's cat, where it's like the box of Shrimp's cat. Shrimp's cat. You say shrimp shiner cat? So whatever it is. It might be Half Life on pesticides. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I, I'm, I'm at the same time both. Allergic and not allergic at the moment, and uh, I kind of like living in that. Well, as a man who's not allergic, it's awesome. But what do you have food allergies? Yeah, I'm really allergic. allergic here. So to what? I have really bad food allergies to peanuts and tree nuts. What and are, what are tree nuts? Almonds, pecans, walnuts, like every other nut. So all nuts. nuts. So you could just say all nuts. All nuts. But you like saying but, peanuts <laughs> and tree nuts, right? Well, <laughs> in <laughs> restaurants, it's important because a peanut is a legume. But but all nuts is still all, all nuts. nuts. It is, but it's weird oh, to say I'm that's a lot of, all that's, nuts. That's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not How, how about the allergy? It's severe, but I'm not going to bore people with this story, but I have a weird uh, exercise-induced anaphylaxis, so it's like eating nuts, and then if I ran around Roberta's five times, I would be guaranteed to go into anaphylaxis. If I ate nuts and, like, chilled, I might be okay or have a mild reaction. We'll tell another story. Yo, I'll ba- tell you yo, a story baby, I'm just trying to eat peanut butter and chill. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not trying to get it cracking after. So how does, how, does that, how does that affect you, like, going and, like, tasting dishes and going? Yeah, and, so like, it was So all Elvis-inspired dishes are off the table. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that food and music thing is just out. Yeah, I don't know why I even went down this route. <laughs> I should close down first we feast. No, but I mean it was it was tough when I started because, um, as I say, I kind of fell into food writing. Yeah. And at the beginning, it was one of those things that was sort of awkward to bring up with an editor. So I remember one of my first assignments was for the dessert issue of Time Out, uh. and I was supposed to get <laughs> Brooks Headley at Del Posto, Pichet Ong, and. Alex Stupak when he was at WD50 to make like a dessert inspired by a New York (laughs) classic. It was like cheesecake, like uh, black and white cookies. And I forget what the last one was. And I was thinking like, 
I'm like, should I tell these guys to like not use nuts in their dish because I have to taste it? That would be really bad journalism. Um, and I felt really awkward about it. And then I sort of, as I became more professional at it, I realized, hey, look, I'm not going to be a critic. I'm not going to be the New York Times critic because I don't think it would be fair to review a restaurant say an Indian restaurant or you know um, one of these oh, great Chris, pastry chefs oh god Chris is the without, new critic yeah fuck but there's I, all the peanuts I realize there's other ways to, to write about food where I can work around those uh, those hamstring you know things that I can't can't really eat have you had any scares I mean peanuts are I mean nuts are yeah like, absolutely I'm yeah. trying to actually formulate a piece that's been tough for me to write about what it's like to be a food writer with food allergies and I've had some bad experiences at well-known restaurants which I won't go into now but kind of deciding whether to name them this no, no, I, I remember I was no at a shame game I was at a dim sum but place. I mean it's it's situations where you how, of course I never would put the responsibility on the restaurant I'm going it's me like but if you're having a conversation where you eight times have conferred with the waiter or waitress and they know the allergy and then they're just like, oh, yeah. whoops, we served you a thing with nuts all over it. I don't know where, you know, that yeah. gets tricky. I'll tell you what, I went to a dim sum restaurant once uh, and I went to a seafood dim sum restaurant. I knew I ruled the dice and I asked the woman, I was like, is there a shape in this dish? She's like, no. And then I came and it was, she's like, it's eggplant. And there's a piece of eggplant uh, in a like two shrimp wrapper. Yeah. And I was like, Right. I was like, well, I guess this is on me because I like, decidedly went to a place where shrimp or what I'm allergic to is just going to be in the food no yeah. matter what I try and say and do. And you've also talked about people with fake allergies? Yeah, not fake allergies, but okay. I really the hate gluten cilantro. free thing has hurt oh. people with real allergies because oh. it's become a national joke to say I'm gluten intolerant or, you know, I can't eat this and that. And these are people who do not have anaphylactic shock they just like don't want to put on weight or whatever what about people who you find intolerable if they eat gluten <laughs> yeah yeah that would well. be me <laughs> i don't man he had some pasta and was just a total dick about yeah. it yeah he felt bloated and just started being well, that actually worst. is one of those things though you know it causes sort of a cognitive cloud like in Joe versus the Volcano. Did you ever see that movie? <laughs> like Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks movie, yeah. The movie's actually really good. Yeah. yeah. Stands up. I'll watch that. Uh, yeah. Meg Ryan played three roles. It's really, really crazy. Really? I haven't seen it in a long time. Okay. Yeah. Why don't we take a, a quick music break? Okay. We're going to take a quick make. Sorry, I just got to shrink the screen of the game. We're looking like extra time, people. We're looking like extra time. I feel like we're going to like right. get uh, penalty kicks. Uh, I really hope not. I really hope we're going to pound kicks. Um, all right. So, well, this is going to uh, Tommy Ramon passed away on Friday. Super bummer. Uh, music legend. Just all around amazing badass. And um, fellow Hungarian, Greg.
I just yeah, want to let you know. Really nice. I just want to let you know that showed up. We showed up. Um, two pizzas. Two pizzas that the band can't eat, and then two salads smothered in nuts <laughs> that Chris can't eat. This is the most allergic room. Uh, now we just need if we could just get like about eighteen shrimp I in s- here. I signed no waiver before coming in here. Yeah, uh, that's on you, bro. Um, <laughs> so we were talking to Chris Schoenberg, our first week feast. Um, so, so what was that first year like? I mean, what was it like? Um, like really getting settled like when did you feel like you were like clicked in um it was weird i mean the first year was just a grind you know in a good way but it was definitely sort of trying to compete with all of these other food outlets that i had a lot of respect for and you know food media at this point is so competitive and you've got all these new things launching but also places like eater grub street that are already quite established, and of course, all of the magazines like Sever and Food and Wine. So the the question was, how could we reach an audience, being an online media only entity, where we had to kind of get up to certain traffic goals very quickly, mm-hmm. while also creating a, a brand and identity for ourselves, where we didn't feel like we were like starting off on the wrong foot because to me that would be the worst thing ever we wanted to have a voice that was like slightly younger pop culture informed and basically cover food from the perspective of someone who's not exclusively interested in food and has other interests in their life what type of lessons do you um do you feel about like scaling fast but like also remaining keeping like an authentic voice not just going for like you know click clickbait type of uh, pieces clickbait I mean there are certain things that just straight up work on the internet and I think it's easy to disparage things based on form like because people have seen so many lists they will say you know lists represent the downfall of the internet but there are good lists and ones that are actually thoughtful and well written and have great photos so it's not like we were going to throw that out the window just because we didn't, we didn't want to be a clickbait website. Um, but it was like finding that balance. And I think this is true in anything that you're doing. You have to try a little harder. It's like if you're going to get the traffic off of something that you know that people are going to click on, take the extra effort to write it well and make sure it's not stupid. Hmm. <laughs> and like a lot of people don't do that, in my opinion. Are you going to put a picture of a dog eating a donut? Yeah, make it really make it funny. Good, yeah. Okay. <laughs> make right. that post funny. Make your voice stand out, even if you're commenting on something a little bit silly. Make it the best damn I think I it. learned that, actually, I went in almost, like, on the opposite side of that, having come from time out, and I was sort of got more serious about food coverage than I ever had before, and I had, like, lost my sense of fun a little bit. Where yeah. I was like, I'm not going to post this because it's, like, too stupid. But then I was like, no, it made me laugh. It made everyone in the office laugh. So let's just make sure that's not the only thing that we're about. Let's balance it with some good essays and interesting columnists and, and sort of stories that, with in-depth reporting. And I, what I like about what First We Feast has become is that you can't really box it in. Like, I don't think you can describe it in one sentence. Right. 
Um, speaking of fun and boxes, you uh, <laughs> written about um, why big box restaurants in New York. That is. That was wow! One of the best transitions ever. He said both I, the words, but now it's I thought you were going to talk about hot pockets, though. I oh, I mean, talk we can about do the dude who had sex with the hot pockets. Actually, that's that's like, let's that's talk about a hot box. No, let's talk about that. Let's talk. I mean, <laughs> let's get into that. Well, that's Thank that's. A, we'll, we'll have a big close on the guy who fucked the hot pocket. Yeah, well, well, that, I want to. I want to save that. that. That's <laughs> your that's your best twenty minutes at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's a big box restaurant. Big box restaurants. I love. And which one? Everyone. Cheesecake Factory is my favorite restaurant. Really? Yeah. You guys can't eat cheesecake, can you? That's like no. a pile. I don't want though. to either. Yeah, but I mean, is that is that? Do you like it like an erotic way? No, like, like I liked it growing up. My brother and I, you know, we haven't talked about it yet, but I love nachos, so I'm just gonna put that uh, on air right well, now. Yeah, but <laughs> wait, let's talk about nachos. Let's talk about so you've done two nacho competitions of elevating nachos to the next level. Yeah, let's talk about that. So, my brother, I mean, this is where the whole thing, digression, the whole thing started with me caring about food was nachos. My brother and I, since we were eight, nine, ten years old, everywhere we went, everywhere we traveled, we got nachos. And it was sort of like the thing we bonded over our whole lives. I I don't know if you guys have a thing that you ate your whole lives together and cared about. Obviously, you bonded over food. Grandma's chocolate cake. Spare Yeah. Yeah. Um... Burritos from San Francisco. Although, have we ever been in San Francisco together and eaten burritos? One day. One day. One day we'll get to San Francisco. So, hey, if you want to make a story, send us to uh, El Ferrolito, <laughs> San Francisco. We eat burritos. So we'll good. literally go there and just hop right back on the plane. You don't even need to pay for like so, nachos. So we half-heartedly started a blog, NachoHunters.com. Still exists. Don't really recommend going there, but <laughs> you know, there's some some amusing articles on there, but. You know, it was cool that when we actually had this site, First We Feast, that we were working on together, we could pursue our love of nachos in a way where actually people would look at it. So I was like, oh, we got to step our game up. So the first year, we did the nacho battle with Alex Stupak at Empeon and DJ Diesel Boy. Shout out DJ Diesel Boy. Shout out DJ Diesel Boy and Stupak. I mean, I was amazed that Stupak was game for it. Because obviously Empeon has nothing to do with nachos or Tex-Mex or anything yeah, like that. Nachos is that high-low food that all chefs love. Yeah, yeah. So he he totally are embraced nachos it. In your category? Yeah, nachos good. Corn. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Corn. We found finding commonality between common food. ground. Yeah. And then uh, they have second year, second year we blew it out and we got uh, Michael Anthony from Gramercy Tavern. We got Seamus Mullen, um, Wiley Dufresne. And Stupak did it again. Diesel Boy did it again. We made a video, and hopefully next year, knock on wood, we will do a consumer event where it's Ooh. like twelve chefs, everyone making nachos on an NFL game day. You drink, eat nachos, and watch. You games all the games. Yeah, you guys just get the. Right and out. then Action Bronson comes in on a boat. Is there judging? Performs. Is there ju- like a so? The past two years there have been judging, and we had Francis Lamb and uh, Kat Kinsman and Mario Uehara this year. So, yeah, judging is an aspect of it. Hey, uh, if you need a couple Big of judges. Seriously, if you need judges, you just let us know. There's a waiting list, dog. What do you mean there's a waiting <laughs> list? <laughs> we won't go into why Jordana couldn't do it the first year, but she she would like to be in there. Interesting. But she has had some conflicts. I know what the def- conflict is. <laughs> uh, anyway, so big box restaurants. But, you know, she's ahead of you. <laughs> That's my point. Ooh. Ooh. Shots fired. 
Shots fired. Darren, Darren and I generally count as one vote for a competition, so you can just bring us. You know, it's not like okay. two shots. That's good to know. Yeah, it's not yeah, two that makes judges. it a little easier. We'll confer. We'll confer. And yeah. Word. I just want to eat elementary. I like matches. to have brothers involved in all judging because yeah. uh, I think brothers also, it, are level headed people. It's, it's, it's good photo ops. It's just yeah. recognize sharing one nacho like yeah. maybe the champ style. Yeah. Uh, so, so we actually just, just got we just got on. back from uh, London and we actually had nothing but amazing meals there. And I feel I know that you're a big fan of British food. Yeah, my mom is British and everyone on my mom's family lives in in London. Uh, well, first off, I feel like London itself was having a food moment. Um, yeah. Story Lyles, Clove Club, things like that. Um, what do you love so much about British food? I think for me, it's that thing where you grew up with it. Like, as simple as that, but, well, you know, that's... Everyone likes to laud, like, the food that they ate as a kid, but it's also, like, salty, fatty food. Sausage rolls, like a sausage wrapped in puff pastry. What is not good about that? Lemon meringue pie, lots of gravy on everything. They cook their meats a bit too long, but... They do. That's fine. That's probably for health reasons. They gotta get the disease out. All right, so before we go, Hot Pocket... This dude banged a hot pocket and put on Vine. Yeah. And arguably probably has more views than anything that we've ever done together. Yeah. Combined. Yeah. Yeah. And then me being um, the amazing journalist that I am. You probably couldn't bang a hot pocket it. because it has gluten in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, the, and the pastry. And the pastry. So, yeah. 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 And the That's cheese. Like more to eclairs. Yeah. 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 Gluten-free. <laughs> gluten-free eclairs. Yeah. <laughs> when um, you're allergic to latex. I mean, I, I mean it's like that's... Being allergic to it's gluten a, and putting your... I mean, talk well, about. I get worried about the sauce. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, talk about nuts. Like that guy's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, are you like fascinated by? I mean, does that hit in that same pop culture vein? That <laughs> pause. Pause. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, that you're dealing with with first we feast. I mean, listen. That's not a story that's getting. Generally, the idea is take pop culture, use it as a lens into food, get people excited about food. Someone having sex with a hot pocket is not getting anyone excited about learning more about pizza in Italy or anything like that but it's just mad funny like so this I feel I, like you almost said that's a story that's not getting told <laughs> you you almost said that and then you kind of diverted so this is a story that's not getting told and we are bringing yeah, yeah. I felt like I needed to know personally why this dude had sex with a hot pocket so I found him on Twitter interviewed him he was just like an 18 year old in New Hampshire who worked at a restaurant by the way so he did a real love for food real love for food he said most things there were fried so that's dangerous to begin with wow he had had he had not fornicated with the food at his restaurant he assured me <laughs> I just want to, yeah, because most places. Oh yeah, I have not. I told you know that yet. what I do at work and what I do at home is two totally separate things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but sometimes, so I, I want as my work inspires me at home. <laughs> I wanted to know. I wanted to know how long he had cooked the hot pocket. How hot yeah. was it? Why did he choose hot pockets? Well, I mean, I feel like the hot pocket. I mean, the choice well, is pretty obvious. Well, how long is a hot pocket? Oh, don't uh, play yourself. Yeah. Oh, oh my oh. god. I just thought well, the name just, hot, just, the, the name just the hot, tip. Just the tip. <laughs> hot hot, hot pocket. A, just a little dip. Yeah. <laughs> just a little dip for your tip. Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks yeah. so much for having um, me. What's the website so people can hang out? Firstweefeast.com. Please come check us out. It's awesome. Oh, and just real talk real quick. How to feel with that James Beard Award? Unbelievable. Uh, shout out to Jordana, as I mentioned before. Gabriella, everyone who kind of taught me everything I know about writing about food. And yeah, it was surreal. A lot of work went into it, so it felt it felt really emotional. And where is it right now? 
It is in my desk at work, which seems the wrong place. Like in a like deep in the bottom of the drawer. Huh. Yeah, okay, let's leave it at that. Thank you. 
So Mahogany, <laughs> welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thank you. Thank you. Really Thanks great to have us. you. Really great to have you here. Um, why don't you uh, give us a little background on how you two came to be? Well, this iteration of the band is about four years on. I've actually been putting out records since 1997. Really? Yes. I first got on to John Peel, and ever since then we've been asked to make records and do performances and radio shows. So, Holy shit, you met John Peel. We did not meet him. We had him play our records sometimes at both speeds. <laughs> he liked one particular song at 33 and 45. Really? So, yes. So my friends in England would tape the show and send it to me after he played the records. Oh, my God. That's how we got started. Tape the show and send me a cassette, my friend. Yes. Well, I I started out in Michigan outside of Detroit. It was fairly empty there and moved to New York in 99, so... Oh, shit. So you've been in New York. You've seen seen the changes. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Where did you first move? Uh, Brooklyn. So I lived up in Greenpoint. Um, Oh, so you've seen some shit. I've been all around. I ran. I managed two different recording studios here. One which was over at Morgan and Grattan, and uh, the other one, the Civil Defense, is now in the Gowanus area. Do you have any stories of when you first moved to Greenpoint that would make people who moved to Greenpoint today cry and be like, "I have no idea it was ever that bad." Well, Bushwick was kind of more like that. Yeah, with uh, lots of burned out cars and packs of dogs, so you you would be better off on a bike. Packs of dogs. Packs of wild dogs. That kind of thing. Yeah, it was uh, it was the Badlands, man. It was really, really interesting. Where do the packs of wild dogs go now? Like, do they just get rid of them? Kill them? Yeah. I don't know. You ever seen The Leftovers? They're it's not like, our dogs anymore. It's like the Sochi Olympics. It it's good. Watch the... Yeah. Yeah. So man. then, how did this um, iteration come into place? Uh, well, I was working on a record with a very large group of people, and I kind of finished with that, and I actually was working for Christie's, the auction house, and I... What were you doing for Christie's? I was m- doing graphic design for a magazine that if you uh, spend a million dollars at Christie's, they'll send you the magazine. It's called Highlights. No. No. Yeah. no. Yeah. And so then if you look at a photo, <laughs> would you find the Monet where it was hidden? Oh, no, I'm saying if you went that's, to the... That's, that's a Highlights original Right, magazine. right. We're thinking of Highlights for Children, which yeah. we did try to tell them, you know, this is already a magazine, but and they were, that every, really into that the everyone idea. has read. That, uh, yes, like boy's life. Yeah. Hey, have you ever been to a dentist? It's in there. Okay. Um, what's okay? Well, we can talk about there. But anyway, so you were highlights. Right. I was there, and then I met Jacqueline through a mutual photographer friend um, because I was spending some time in Philadelphia, and I kind of go Shout back, out. go back and forth, uh, pretty much uh, equally. Uh, we both do really. Um, we have a name for it. We call it New Phil York Delphia. New Interesting. Phil, so York. it's part of our com- our, our the, futuristic commuter six, existence. The Sixth Borough. Remember that article? They've been saying that. I found a poster from 1848, and they've been saying that ever <laughs> since then. When they first <laughs> built the railroad, lest we become the Sixth Borough. Wow. wow. Yeah. So that's been something that's been perennially on people's minds. Well, we're from right outside Philadelphia. Oh, right on. Cool. Yeah. Have you been to the Dolphin yet? Oh yes. yes, so good. It's it's fantastic. It's the fantasy of a club. We've got some pictures bar. of it getting down on uh, Instagram, so okay. you can check those out. Which is mahogany underscore band. Mahogany yes. underscore band. Uh, so and so, how did you get how did you get in the mix? When uh, did you start doing music? With Andrew, actually, I'm I was a ballerina growing up, and I had no real musical experience until I met Andrew through this photographer, and he kind of showed me the ropes and was like, "Let's let's do this," and threw me right in front of a twelve-string guitar, and oh, kind of has been my mentor. Fuck you and your six-string. Yeah. We're going straight to twelve. <laughs> you know, yeah. There's only two people in the band. We need all the strings we can get. Yeah, and, and, so, and how how was that like? 
going from no musical background, obviously having some sense of rhythm from being a, a ballerina, but like no actual. What did it? How long did it take for you to be like? Yeah, I'm not just like kind of playing the same thing from memory over and over again. Right. Um, I mean, it's kind of like the same thing with dance, muscle memory. But it it took a few years, and Andrew's a really tough teacher, so which is great and totally beneficial. But um, I mean, here we are, four years later since we met, and and this what, is where we're at. What is one of your like uh, like no hold barred teaching like rules or, or methods? Uh, plug the guitar in. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't sit in bed like in your panties playing the guitar with no amplifier. So that's kind of like the rule. I mean, that's, the I, mean I feel like that's where I got lost. <laughs> that was just like in bed playing in my panties. And just, uh... It's just fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do, would you like tape the guitar to her hands and be like, I'll untape it when you get the song right? No, we just started out with really, really simple things to play that were already kind of part of the songs. Because there's like plenty of things that, I mean, most of the music is kind of like a lot of repeated motifs that get sort of cycled through like Steve Reich or, or Philip Glass or something like yeah. that you know I grew up with those composers right. I grew up as a cellist so um, I took in my conservatory in freshman year to finally realize I wanted to look at other instruments and production music production most of the music I've done is actually from a production standpoint has been for other bands so. alright well let's hear a song let's hear some of this right. uh, what are you going to play for us this is actually from our newest record, which will be coming out in the fall, and we're doing a tour. Um, we'll be in New York, Boston, L.A., can a lot of other places. Can we come to the show? So this is called Keystone Sonata.
Dude, that's awesome. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure the people at home can hear how much you were smiling during that song. <laughs> I feel like it gives that extra oomph. It's uh, emancipation, you know? It's great, man. Real, that's, real, that's real, like, uh, get-up-and-go Sunday sunrise music. Jubilation. We did a version of this as a video that you can find on South by Southwest, uh, their YouTube channel. Oh, really? Uh, we did that a couple years ago. Um, and we've been working on this song for a while now, just adding synthesizer adding Dude, guitars and a bunch of stuff so it's pretty it's, layered and it is it is sort of about you know the sort of philly philly pride type thing i would like to see that with a full orchestra i'm just saying totally. i feel like i feel like that song <laughs> yeah yeah totally we'll, we'll uh, when we get the budgeting we'll uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well the money you're saving on uh not eating gluten alone is that's halfway there no what you should do is you should palm highlights and then sell them for half a million dollars <laughs> yeah. Well, let's do it. Well, that's the other thing is that we have thought about maybe, and maybe we could pat, think what you guys see what you guys think of this idea of a book caravan because I also do uh, book design for Rizzoli. So I've done three different books with uh, Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth. If you look up Mixtape, The Art of Cassette Culture, this is a book that I brought together with a group of my friends and then we pitched it to the publisher and they said it's great, but we want to get Thurston, you know, we get somebody famous on it or whatever. So we got Thurston on it. And we ended up doing a few other books, Grunge, which is the oh, photography yeah. of Michael Levine, oh, yeah. and Punk House, Interiors in Anarchy, which is it's kind oh, of an man. interesting interior decorated book, somewhat food related. Is it like modern punk houses? Like, it's like squats the, from across. It has yeah. Abby Banks uh, is a, the girl who did all of the photographs. She's brilliant. Man, you guys are just cr- creative forces, putting it out across all mediums. That's the, that's the point. I mean, isn't that what we're supposed to do in this yeah. McLuhan-esque age of just, uh, you know... Hit all fronts. Go for it. Full Absolutely. spectrum dominance. I mean, that's one of the great things about working across all mediums. I know that uh, Greg and I work in, like, we were, did TV, we did radio, we do events, things like that. And just, like, at the end of the day, it's just, like, it's just about cre- the creative process and putting out something. Yes. And it doesn't really matter being, you know, actually being pigeonholed into one sort of going, like, oh, I thought you just did music. It's 
that's done. That's over. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that if, especially after the 80s, uh, it's kind of impossible to not have a visual for your music. And, oh, yeah. I mean, it used to matter not what even people looked like. Now it's actually pretty critical. And, what, and how would you describe the visuals for your music? Well, we do a lot of filming where we're just, I mean, if you're familiar with, you know, you're familiar with Philadelphia, we'll just go deep into the north where everything's <laughs> falling apart and, uh, and do some frontiering, as we would oh, call yeah. it. Uh, just the urban urban landscape is really interesting. So it's a small HD rig, and just take that out, and and then we also do a lot of animation at home. Really? So, yeah. What type of animation? Mostly just with color and like markers. Oh, <laughs> you awesome. know what I'm saying? Like just like, like stop motion stuff. Yeah, but but abstract. So. Um, and then uh, we were looking at your website. Uh, can you talk about the ballet performance you did in the subway? Sure. I've I've been working with this Instagram follower cat underscore in underscore nyc and she's got like oh, hundreds yeah. of thousands Dude, of cat nyc yeah. She's yeah amazing she's awesome she's, she's amazing russian woman super great i met her a few months really? ago okay. uh yeah. we did this insta meetup and she's just yeah. like i was like oh my god she's super cool she's super cool um she's but amazing yeah we've eye. been, we've been yeah. working together um on, on these <laughs> shoots and basically i work in lower manhattan as a separate separate thing from the music and we meet up on my lunch break, go down and underground for an hour, take photos, and I put on some ballet stuff. and And one of the shots ended up in the Huffington Post recently. It's amazing. Is it like a Superwoman change where you like the leotards underneath and you just bust out? The phone yeah, wave? kind of. To save time, I've been like wearing leotard underneath the work clothes. But of my course. boss did come up to me and was like, oh, "I saw you on the popular page." I'm like, "Oh wow. shit." <laughs> Like, it's during oops. lunch. It's during lunch. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, well, it's my lunch hour. Yeah. Wow, I saw you on the popular page. Man. It's a song lyric. Um, and that, so that's great, though. That's so much fun. And it are you is. dancing in the subway? Or you yeah, just yeah, poses? yeah. We're, uh, we're going back and forth. I mean, it depends. Like, some of the shots are in Soho. Some were, we had more room, and the, the street was a different surface. Then we could do more dancing shots and, like, turning and stuff. But most of our videos, the two an- two videos Andrew and I have done together, we've done some choreography and and um, and that's all. I, she's how's, she's how's been your humble. Dancing? My dancing, I I am all, I, since I was a kid, I was in the pit orchestra because I knew right <laughs> where I should be. But I, 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 but I would just like to say that I mean, you know, she's she's uh, just a genius, really. I mean, there's a lot that's behind it. She's being very humble. So what happened on screen there? Oh, sorry, someone's got <laughs> eye bleeding. But wait, we have an oh, eye. No. We have an eye injury. Eye eye oh, Are you as hard of a teacher on him about dancing as he was you about? Teaching I've been trying yes. to get Andrew to come to a ballet Andrew, class. Andrew, don't you dance around in your bed in your pants. I know. Yeah, <laughs> get up. I have to get put, up your, plug in. put your leotard on. Put, put, put yes. your shoes on. It's comfortable. It's comfortable. <laughs> I mean, uh, do, do we have dreams of a you know? Uh, Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers type thing. We're, we're, we're working on. Well, it. you know, Ginger Rogers had to do everything Fred Astaire, but backwards, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right so. And in heels. And in heels. Uh, why don't we uh, get another song? Yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, what are you going to play for us? This next song is uh, called Commutator, and it's uh, the second song off of our upcoming record. Awesome. Okay. Here we go. Mahogany yeah. Line with Snacky Tunes. All right.
I think the entire uh, country of Germany should thank Mahogany <laughs> for sending out those posi vibes. Ja, so sehr ausgezeichnet. Ganz toll. Um, go. Especially ein bisschen. Go. <laughs> Holy um, shit. Ein mehr. Um, so, how do you guys inspire each other in the creative process? Because you guys are obviously both creative in your own Factions, but are the is the like some greater than the parts when you two get together? One plus one equals three or more. Yeah, seriously. But I'm <laughs> that's serious. actually a title of our song, but a song of ours. But uh, but I mean, seriously, like, you guys are are really it's intimidating in a way because you're hitting you're really like sort of covering every you know it's graphic design, books, dance, music. It's just there's not a lot that other people can really bring to the table <laughs> so when you guys really? get together is it just like this like ball of inspirado the, the, well we did some research and the word that we found was charrette yes described sort of a workshop attitude uh towards uh like 
needs based getting things done in the moment like sort of so we don't like i don't know that there's a significantly consistent process it's more or less like we have we know we have a couple hours what do we got to do? Charette. Charette. S-C-H-A-R-E-T-T-E. What? English? Uh, I guess it used to be French. It used but to be it was French. Anglicized. Yeah. Mo- mo- more meaning a an architectural sort of get down. How did, like you, where fi- people how did you find this word? <laughs> I, because <laughs> I because it, it's related to people who, students who would cram to create models for architecture mm. uh, finals. Uh, that's that's where this context I saw it in. So, Huh. Yeah. It's a good word. Thanks. So, so you're, so are your, they're not really, I guess, writing sessions, they're like creative sessions? I mean, it's just, it's just sort of like this, the, the songs, for example, in some cases they write themselves like Keystone, there's a word in that, vicissitudes, which means regular changes. Okay. Right. I had no idea what the word meant, but I apparently had heard it at some point previous, and it came out in the lyrics when I was writing one day, so I had to go look it up in the dictionary after that. Uh, before we, before we, so get it's sort of needs based. Like, if you just see what's going on, and then we just j- have to jump in. And sometimes you need a dance part. Sometimes you need a guitar solo. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. pretty much. Yeah, but you so, have to be dressed for both. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. and well, you can be just, in your pants. Actually, in your, oh, you have to be plugged in. Well, yeah. in. I'll put it this way: when and I hear, as many when I hear as the uh, the panty <laughs> session, I know it's going to be like B sides and like. Uh, <laughs> I'm so loving this. So idea. wait, so the new album you keep talking new about? EP. I know. New EP. It's crazy what's happened to that record. Go on. Well. I basically have been writing it since 2006 when the last one came out. Then we went on tour with Block Party the next year and then went down to Lima, Peru, a bunch, which There's has, ama- if you want food, yeah, Lima and, and, uh, and its uh, sushi fusion is uh, a completely different universe. Um, but we went down there a bunch and we've just been playing shows ever since, really, and trying to put the record together. But I'm not, like I said, I'm not like a careerist person, so I'm not going to like rush to put something out that isn't what I think yeah. should be. By the so, way, 2006 Block Party, I mean, talk about touring a band at the top of there. That must have been awesome. They're fantastic. They're great. They're awesome. They're really nice to have us along. I mean, playing, you know, the Carling Circuit was, uh, you know, that's the, probably the biggest crowds we've ever had. 5,000 people throwing glow sticks at us. Uh, of course. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> right. and, uh, in Blackpool was, uh, you know, if you've done your research, uh, the Stones started a riot there, Velvet Underground, everybody, so... When they threw the glue sti- glow sticks at us, I was very pleased. You felt like you had made your, your <laughs> made, made our <laughs> impact. Yeah. Well, that's actually the home of one of my favorite bands. It's a Factory Records band called Section Twenty Five that Ian Curtis yeah. uh, produced. Oh, yeah. Actually, so yeah. okay. Yeah, I love those guys. Uh, so, uh, so EP comes out next week. It's coming out. Um, <laughs> well, we have a tour going around it. An EP will probably be out what the twelfth. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. And where's yeah. the and the tour is hitting all over. Yeah, it kicks off in Philadelphia actually. Where in Philadelphia? At the World Cafe Live. That's on the twelfth. Oh, yeah. yeah, amazing. And Shout out to World XPN, right? Oh, yeah, right on. yeah, totally yeah. love them. And then where are you? Um, where are you playing in uh, New York? Uh, we'll be in Brooklyn at Glasslands Gallery. What's that? And yeah, and that's with uh, Psychic Twin. Yep, on thirteenth. Yep. Can we come? Yep, yeah, and we'll then we'll be list. in Boston, and we've got a show in L.A. at, yep. at the Echo for part-time punks. Yep. We'll Beautiful. do another radio show out there with them. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, shout out to, um, to Glasshands. I love Rami. Like, yeah, like, Rami's awesome. He's so sweet. I Rami is, like, one of the nicest, best, I feel awesome like you can probably there. speak to this that since you've been here yeah. in Brooklyn for so long, even though they didn't start till four or five years ago, they're sort of one of the last true, just, like, supporters of the arts and music and things like that were Glasslands? Yeah. Oh, this band actually opened that venue. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. In in, uh, in 2006 or 7 with the Sentimentalist magazine. So you know the original girls? 
Yeah, we, we were there the quite stage. a bit. We, every, but every time we would play, it, we would blow out the power. So, so I uh, <laughs> well, shout, hey, I, they they've done an amazing job. No, it's fantastic. Like, no, the, the light sound is incredible. There. I have um, the bear head that used to be in there. Hanks it, in it's, it's in our apartment. You have that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bro, I have that's not I, that. No, no, no. I harassed. <laughs> that's, that's the I, I harassed Brooke the um, for it, like, because you know they changed out the venue like every two months. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, cool. When you take that down two months, can I have it? But that was like the last iteration they had done, uh-huh. and uh, I then harassed her every month for like four <laughs> years, um, and then she called me one night. She's like, "We're selling it to <laughs> Top Gun." The whole oh, venue. No. If, right, you right, come, right, right. if you come down okay. now with four hundred dollars in cash, it's yours. But you have you have to, you have two hours to make it's a like decision. A they still, they still have. We get dinner out of this. They still have the weird uh, like fur one that's in bet- behind the bar. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so why don't you give people how they can find you? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, website, everything uh, before we get into this last song. Sure. On Facebook, we're at facebook.com forward slash Mahogany International. On Twitter, we're Mahogany underscore INTL. Instagram, Mahogany underscore Ban. And our website where you can find all our news and our calendars on there. And you can subscribe to our newsletter. That's mahogany.nu. Awesome. And and when are the Mahogany practice panties coming out? I'm sorry, is that... Um, those will be what the tour we're going to do is silk screen. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll be selling them on this site as well. Okay, awesome. And they're just going to say, get up out of bed. Get up out of bed and practice. Yeah. <laughs> plug, plug, or they'll say, plug it in. Is what plug it say. in. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Quarter inch Okay, table. okay. And in your spare spare time, you write jokes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Punch, yes. Punch-ups for Hollywood. Uh, well, thank you to everyone. I think we're off again next week, and then we're back on the final run, knocking wood to episode 200. If you are, are in town this Tuesday, we are doing our next barbecue blowout. Just go to... Uh, BBQ blowout July 2015 dot eventbrite dot com 14 2014 Leah Cohen is going to be on the grills Ducky is going to be on the decks it's going to be a lot of fun uh, shine. Chris congratulations again on everything thank you for having me and uh, we got one more song what do we got Go Germany this is called White Rooms oh yeah and congratulations to Germany and to all of the friends we met in Berlin um, this one goes out to uh, this one goes out to Bergheim, I think. Uh, we'll see you in a few weeks.
much to me will always be so much to me will always be so much to be will always be so much to me will always be so much to me will always be
talk about food. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.